Welcome to The Do Zone, where entrepreneurs go to get things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. You can find me on all social media at JT Literally. Each week, I bring on experts from a variety of backgrounds to share their secrets on how to optimize performance so you can take massive action and crush your goals. If you want to build a slingshot that brings in quick cash and sales for your business in as little as seven days, I'm going to give you a simple framework that has worked for me and my clients time and time again at no cost to you. Go to factor1.io now. Enter your email address for immediate access. Once again, that's factor1.io. Today's guest is Kyle Hoffman as an executive at Xenosci Ventures. Kyle sits on the leadership team for two portfolio companies, Function Growth and Wella. He runs the strategy department at Function Growth and operates as CMO for Wello. Function Growth and Xenosci Ventures specialize in using behavioral science to drive growth for their clients. Kyle, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Thank you, Josh. Pleasure to be here. Um, it's a good question. I think uh, my answer is is a simple answer, but it's uh, most effective. Uh, I'll go ahead and claim. Uh, I think when you're when you're thinking about getting stuff done, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs tend to uh, gravitate towards the sort of command and control style of I, I need to manage this and make sure that it gets done and I need to make sure it gets done the right way. And I think that uh, the real transformative piece is to shift from the command and control style of leadership to uh, trusting and inspiring. Um, there's a great book called Trust and Inspire, but uh, we're really big on it here at Function Growth and Xenosci and Wello. And uh, you just simply can't get stuff done by yourself uh, these days, <laughs> especially in the world of entrepreneurship. There's no way, no way for one person to uh, to successfully do it all. Uh, so you really need to rely on people who are or feeling inspired and feeling motivated, and the best way to 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 get those people to do that is to is to shift your leadership approach. So I think that would be my answer. It's uh, it's all about trusting and inspiring the people that you work with. And, and it makes a lot of sense. And one of the things that stood out to me that you said was nobody gets anything done alone. And uh, it's it's one hundred percent true. There's plenty of science to back that up. Uh, there's some science about accountability. Uh, which is basically if you're committing to someone else in a specific time frame, your chances of following through are really high, like 95% plus. If you just commit to yourself, like, ah, I'll go and get this done sometime, your chances of doing that are not very high. <laughs> so having somebody else Absolutely. involved by itself is really important. And I'm curious, yeah. I'd love to hear you dive into, because you mentioned behavioral science, I'm no expert, I'm no doctor, I'm no scientist. Uh, but I am an enthusiast, if you will. So I'm I'm curious to see what role have you seen the behavioral science has in growing a business? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we love behavioral science. And really quickly before I jump in that, I love that you brought up accountability too, because uh, one of the key things, it's like people, there's a lot of studies on this that you can see in the book, but um, people who are motivated, uh significantly underperform people who are inspired so you can spend a lot should spend a lot more of your time uh what's it the quote there's a famous quote of um it's something to the effect of like if you want to uh to build a ship and sail to sea don't don't teach your uh don't teach your your people how to build a ship and tell them to gather wood and do all these things 
Instead, you should teach them to yearn for the vast and open sea. Uh, and I think that that really speaks to the idea of inspiring and that's what creates accountability and ownership of things. But, well said. but, um, but yeah, so B side, let's talk about behavioral science, uh, behavioral sciences, the way that we view it, um, is sort of like this lost art in the world of, of marketing. Like, uh, there's so much first party data and, uh, and sort of expertise that, that people rely on these days those are sort of like the two pillars, right? It's like I got a lot of experience. I've run lots of campaigns in the past, sort of the, the, the marketing techniques. And then you've also got a lot of data to help support, make decisions. But we view behavioral science as sort of this third forgotten pillar of, of marketing, where there's all this, this data that's actually scientifically backed. And there's been studies around uh, that that marketers sort of forget to take advantage of or subconsciously sometimes are using. But when you bring it to the forefront of your consciousness, it helps you understand and read data in, the, in a much better way. So it's almost like this third pillar of marketing that that layers throughout everything that you, you do. And it can help um, on the strategic side. I would say we use it mostly on the sort of strategic side as we're talking about what sort of focus we want a campaign to have uh w why certain campaigns are working and resonating certain ad creatives are working and resonating uh it gives you um it gives you a, a sort of a shared uh a shared knowledge to sort of talk about the things in the way that behavioral science allows you to so can you give um, me a couple of examples of uh, how how uh, what are some specific techniques that we may deploy so that we can better understand a, a marketing campaign for for instance absolutely yeah, so I mean, one of the the most uh, the obvious ones and the probably the most used is social proof, uh, which there's just tons and tons of studies on basically um, the fact that people are going to be more receptive to a new idea or a change in behavior or a new product if uh, they see lots of other people doing it, talking about it, especially people they trust. It's the reason why influencers work so well. The the core behavioral science behind influencer marketing is social proof. Um, so that's kind of an easy one that everyone's aware of. Everyone sort of uses it subconsciously, but then there's some more that you can be more intentional about. Uh, choice paralysis, for example, um, on your website, making sure that your cat product category pages and your product listing pages don't just have tons and tons of products that people get lost in. Uh, instead, it's much better, you know, when people are confronted with uh, too many options, they end up not picking anything at all if you present them with uh, a streamlined, uh, well-categorized set of options, they're much more likely to engage with it and choose something. But there's plenty of uh, behavioral science tests around that as well. Um, the danger of free is another one that we use a lot. Uh, a lot of times marketers want to give something away for free to add an extra incentive to, uh, to purchase something. But what that actually does is devalues the product that you're giving away for free in the consumer's mind. As soon as you give something away for free, people are much less likely to, to attribute any value to it in the future and think that it's only worth getting if it's free. Um, and so there's a, we, we, we actually have a consumer behavior lab podcast, which I would recommend everyone listens to, which is a part of the Xenocide ventures, but we work with Richard Shotton and our, um, and our founder, Michael Aaron uh, Flicker, two of them have a podcast called the Consumer Behavior Lab, and they 
get on and Richard Richard Shotton's a, a leading behavioral scientist. He's wrote, written two books that are great um, that I would recommend everyone reads, but they're just full of all these different tactics and studies and how they can be applied in, in the world of marketing. And the, the podcast is a great list. And they basically talk about some of the modern brands, some old, old famous case studies of like how different brands use behavioral science to, uh, to win. So that's awesome. all sorts of great applications. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's one of those things that uh, we, we kind of know, but we don't really know why, like testimonials and social proof makes a lot of sense, but getting behind understanding why somebody values that and having too many choices, the confused mind always says, no, if you overwhelm me with options, I'm just not going to choose anything. Just give me one choice and I'll go that way. Uh, and, and just, is there, is there one more layer to peel back on this? so that we can understand, well, why are those things important? Why is it important for us to see other people doing it? Why is it important for us to have only a couple of options? Why is it important for us to sign a value to things so that other people can see that value in things? Are, is, yeah. there, is there a deeper cognitive reason for that? Yeah, I mean, it all just ties back to uh, human behavior. And, and I think that you'll find a lot of those details in some of the studies. For example, like one of the famous social proof studies uh, is that this study where they well, um, give me some grace for messing up the details probably, but sure, yeah. uh, there's a hotel and um, they wanted to run a study to see what sort of message would resonate with people to see uh, if they could get people to reuse their towels instead of having to do, redo laundry all the time. And so the first, uh, the first um, uh, change that they made was they put a note on the towel that said, you know, it's great for the environment if you reuse your towel. And I think about like 35% of those people reused it. Um, and then they say uh, most guests who reuse this towel uh, or most guests reuse this towel. And that actually had like a 44% of the people reuse it. And then the, high, the very highest amount that they... Um, that they the that drove the highest results was uh they said most guests who stay in this room reuse the towel they made it personal they made it social all of these things tie back to probably um you know the way that humans have evolved to to exist in social circles and in tribes and like we require social uh we require social um acceptance because that was how we survived if you were an outcast of the tribe good luck surviving on your own uh, and so like all, I think a lot of these sort of these, uh, behavioral sciences, the way that we, the way that we purchase and the way that we consume and the way that we act as consumers actually all just kind of ties back to the way that we've evolved as a species, uh, and, uh, the way that we've, you know, interface with culture, of course, influences all of our behavior. But I mean, it's a fascinating topic. It's not, uh, it's not a math equation. It's, there's no, yeah. you know, things are shifting constantly and the way that, you know, Gen Z, the, the behaviors that Gen Z has are different from the behaviors that millennials have. And it's partially because of the way that we, uh, the, the cultures that we existed in and that we grew up in, but also partially because of the way that we're programmed. And uh, I don't know, it's a fascinating topic that you could go, you go as deep as you want on these things. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's great. That's exactly what I was looking for as, as far as like, why do we behave this way? Well, it's because we're wired to behave this way. It's a survival instinct. Uh, there's a there's a hormonal uh, reward that we get by behaving in accordance with other people and serotonin. It's that kind of 
community chemical, if you will. So this, that was a great example, actually, because I noticed that switch because you would go to a hotel and they would say, you know, they wouldn't say anything. They would just like do your room every day or something. And then I noticed suddenly it was around COVID, I think, or maybe a little bit before it was like, oh, for the environment, you know, we're only going to come in here if you ask for it. And I was like, interesting, you know, like that's an interesting way to save a bunch of money <laughs> to position it yeah. in a way that it's like, hey, we're not trying to be lazy bums or be cheapskates. <laughs> it's for the environment, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's great. And so, uh, will Kyle tell us a little bit about uh, what you're working on now and where people can go and learn more about it? Yeah, um, I'd say probably the, the the most applicable, like I talked about, the easiest uh, easiest entry for people is go listen to the CVL, go check out Richard Schotten's book on behavioral science. If all the behavioral science stuff sounds interesting to you, um, if you've got a brand and you're wondering how to apply it specifically to uh, to, to grow your brand, uh, Function Growth is an amazing team of experts where you sort of exist at the the uh, we exist at the nexus of like technology and business consulting and marketing, and we're specifically built to help e-commerce D2C founders. Um, so you can go to functiongrowth.co and uh, there's a form you can fill out to get in touch. Uh, you can also send me an email, khoffman at functiongrowth.co. Um, but yeah, we're, 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 uh, we have a, a, a great unique model at Xenosci Ventures where we have this service-based company, uh, Function Growth, that allows us to then uh, launch our own ventures as well. So we launched Wella, which is a compression sock company, because we had so much success growing other brands. Uh, and now, uh, you know, it's, it's not often you get to work with an agency that uh, also has experience, com you know, owning and operating an entire e-commerce brand. And we've seen some pretty wild success. I feel pretty confident saying that I think Wello is the uh, the fastest growing compression socks company. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really exciting uh, stuff. So anyway, we have this this great pool of knowledge and resources if you want to reach out and get in touch with function growth um we're always open to that awesome well hey we're going to wrap up from here thanks so much for our guest kyle hoffman for coming on and sharing a little bit of wisdom about how your brain works and how you get things done for those of you who want to connect with him directly you can go to functiongrowth.co or you can find him on linkedin uh, if you're listening to this podcast out on your morning commute or somewhere in the gym or out in the field, snap a selfie, tag me at JT Literally, show me what you do in the do zone. And one more time, if you need a quick injection of cash in your business so you can get some momentum now, go to factor1.io and let's talk about building your slingshot. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. Hey, thanks for listening to the Do Zone podcast. If you're running a service-based business that's looking to grow this year, let's talk about how we can slingshot you into momentum with a quick injection of cash and sales. Our clients typically see results in as little as seven days. To learn more about what we do, you can go to factor1.io. Once again, that's factor1.io. We'll see you next time.